across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 10 after 8, good morning. Well, you would have seen over the last sort of 10 days, two weeks really, all of the issues around the post bank, lots of moving parts here. So first, it was not able to complete the payment process for around 600,000 people who were supposed to get social grants. At the same time, and they don't seem to necessarily be related to each other, but four of the, of the post bank's seven board members resigned. They said in a letter they'd been treated in a hostile way by the Minister of Communications, Mondli Gungubele. Gungubele then attacked them, saying he had been going to fire them anyway and that they'd not done a proper job. And at the same time, of course, the issue really is around... Can the post bank keep operating? How does it operate with the post office, which is in itself in business rescue? At the same time, people are talking about using the post bank as a sort of state bank. Now, for what I think is the first time, a former member of the board, one of the people who resigned, has agreed to talk to you this morning. His name is Martin Mahorsi, and he joins me now. Mr. Mahorsi, good morning, and I appreciate you speaking to us this morning. Good morning, Mr. Khrutis, and good morning to your listeners. So we saw the resignation letter, and we saw what the minister said in response. What was going on at the postbank between the board and the minister? What made you decide you had to resign? Uh, Steve, this is a, an issue that is historical. The minister, in his statement, does in fact point to some of the issues that are there. But perhaps let's start with dealing with what uh, is, is most important to the South African public at the moment. Uh, because as uh, the BMF said, uh, whilst there is a tussle between the, the board and the minister, they are recipients of grants that uh, um, uh, also have to be, to, be, to be thought about, let me put it that way. And it's important that we, we also delink the two issues because um, it's unfortunate that when these uh, events uh, evolved, uh, they coincided with the issue of the payments of the grants. And I think in my own personal capacity, uh, and I should put it up front, I'm not coming here to represent the board members. I'm coming here in my own personal capacity because it's important, uh, given some of the utterances that have been made, uh, given some of the slander, some of the uh, you know inferences that people can make based on what is out there in the public, uh, that one... Um, is able to stay this side of this side of the story because that's that's the first most important uh, uh, platform where perceptions are made. Um, I um, uh, am very sensitive about what what has transpired. I will leave the issue of the grants to the management of Postbank to deal with, and I think in my understanding that's why they are on top of the situation. Never known what has happened within Postbank where we come from in as far as that particular process, issues or payments are concerned. There are a number of issues that still have to be dealt with, but I'm confident that they will get over sure. it. Uh, okay. uh, by the way, the, the incident that, let me just clarify one thing. By the way, the the incident, uh, the the challenges of payments that, that happened now were happening under a new environment. As as people explained that there was a the post bank changed systems. In fact the post bank switch moved to a new switch. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way, payment switch. That new switch is the center on which the center at which all these issues are happening. But anyway, my understanding is that that's why there are measures that have been put in place and I assume that in the future there won't 
these such challenges recurring. Let's just put it there. But I think what's it's important to apologize to everybody that has been affected in my own personal capacity. Mm-hmm. I know the minister has sure. apologized. I know the management of Postbank has apologized. So let's not come, I don't want to come across as if I'm here, as it has been said in other quarters, that Postbank board members are more interested in their reputation. Reality also is that reputation does matter. I'm a business. When I when the banks interact with me and other business people interact with me, these things stay in the public media. And okay. the perception is created that I'm corrupt, I've, I, I'm incompetent, I'm not fit to do certain things. And that is totally incorrect. It's important that it be cleared. So, okay. so, we, so, so Mr. Mahosi, I'm sorry, we, we, we've heard you yeah. on all of that. And I, I accept what you say. I do need you to get to sort yes. of what happened that made you decide to resign. In essence, uh, this can be traced back. We let's let's just you said it. Postbank had seven board members. Three board members were appointed, if I'm not mistaken, around 2021. All right, uh, we were appointed. I'm one of those that were appointed in October. It's the shortest term in a board I've ever served. I was going to be one year in Postbank board by 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 next month. When we got appointed, um, Postbank at the time, had serious capacity constraints. It had just been, remember, there's a process of amending the Postbank Act so that the Postbank can finally become a fully-fledged, uh, in fact, first of all, that can be a standalone, but also ultimately become a fully-fledged. But those are part of the conditions that have been put by the Reserve Bank for Postbank to ultimately, ultimately get its, its, uh, its banking license. That's the one part. So we got there at that time. We inherited contracts from SAPO. We had to deal with the issue of capacitation of Postbank. At the time that we took over the, the board of Postbank, there was one interim executive. There was one permanent executive that was in Postbank. The Postbank had no staff at an executive level. Postbank was using people at, at not even second level, second layer level of its management at lower, in some cases, much lower levels to act as at an executive level. So you're talking about an institution that has not capacity to, to deal with certain things. That was the one, that's the first part. Secondly, the postbank was dealing with variation notice. Thirdly, the postbank had just experienced a big cybercrime incident. We had to make choices as a board as to what our focus were going to be. One of the things that we were, we were, we were faced with just right before Christmas, the contract which the minister signs in his response, we were forced, we were faced with a situation where the, the 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 grants there was a threat by the service provider that the grants couldn't be paid we had to deal with all those issues we navigated we fortified this the the, the post bank environment we protected the they said the post bank environment so that cyber inc- cyber crime incidents don't don't get repeated we then focused immediately on 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 recruiting staff and i'm happy to say we've been able to recruit competent staff from the mainstream banks of the country Sorry, they, okay. Uh, so, Mr. Mahosi, I'm sorry. I realise all of this is important, they, but we need to we need to get to the point. What happened between you and the minister the that, that led you to resign? So, so, it's it's is the contract that I'm citing to Steve. The contract that that you can trace back to 2018 that was entered into between Sapo and Postbank. And at some point, and the details thereof can be dealt with with members of the previous board. But at the point that we came in, this contract, there were issues of irregularity that were raised about its continued existence without without proper renewal, without going on tender, in essence. Okay, 
that contract is a contract for a switch. Anybody that understands banking is that if you take off a switch, there's no bank, right? So we went, the, the board of Post Bank rather went to, to, to Treasury to get, uh, uh, to get the contract regularized. And Treasury at that time, uh, at the post bank board was also was was partly tied. Is that at the time there was a, the, a forensic investigation that was instituted by the previous minister on this contract? That report the post bank board had not seen. That report, uh, 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 as I said, all that the, the post bank uh, 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 board was, was supposed to do was then either to go to court to get it rescinded and also replace. Uh, and procure for a new switch uh, to, mm. to, 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 to be provided to Postbank. By the way, let's emphasize to the public, a switch uh, payment is, is done through a revenue sharing model. So it's not like there was some funds taken out of the fiscals of Postbank. So it's a revenue sharing model, which the Postbank had initially withheld. Uh, from from during the duration of, of the forensic investigation with help from the service provider but that's a matter that is in the courts. i don't want to deal too much with that detail so 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 but steve the, the in my understanding the 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 issue of the relationship between post bank and the board started getting sour when unfortunately and this is a coincidence on the day that we started in fact, on the around the time that we the, the minister took over uh, the department at that time in fact prior to that time the post bank had raised a number of concerns relating to the the balance sheet of post bank being threatened partly because of the debt that was there between uh, that was owed to post bank by sapo so a decision was taken um at the time that they, we met the minister we raised this concern there was a commitment that will find an amicable way of dealing with it we were engaging also with the PASAPO board to find a way of dealing with it. You should remember the post bank is intrinsically linked to PUTU SAPO. Mm. It operates within the SAPO premises. So that entanglement would make it impossible for post bank to be able to run their service effectively. That's the other point, all right? When the decision was taken to take post a SAPO to business rescue, post bank raised the concern that that might not be the best option for, for post bank, all right? And at the time when the the, the the, the liquidators went to court to to apply for provisional liquidation. That was the reason why we went to court to argue that the court should not mm. grant uh, the, the the liquidation, the final liquidation. And that the court decided then to postpone the matter. Between that, the time the time the matter was postponed and the time of uh, of the the final hearing for for, for the year of final liquidation, the minister lodged a, a business rescue application which he won. We offered alternatives. And he said, if the SAPO goes to, 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 to business rescue, our balance sheet is going to be wiped out. And it threatens the very possibility for us to be able to get a banking license. Mm. That's where we differed, in my understanding. Because since that time, instead of us engaging productively between mm. the shareholder and us as the board, and I'm, I'm, talking, and I'm saying shareholders in the department, I'm not individualizing this thing, and the board, the relationship collapsed. Okay. At that time, the support board, the interim support board, was removed about a month and a half before it could, in fact, finish its term. So the the, the we did not have another avenue uh, because we are not engaging with also with the portfolio committee. 
to be able to 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 put these things across and be able to have some kind of a debate between the three parties. It is a discussion that would probably lead us to a okay. different dispensation. All right, Martin, I need yeah. to put this in. I need to put this in a very crisp way so that I and make sure I understand it properly. What you're suggesting is is that your relationship as 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 the board of Postbank with Minister Mondlingungubele, the real issue was the decision to put the post office into business rescue, and once you did that, the post bank would not really be able to operate anymore. And I suppose what it would mean is that you would lose control of your funds because a business rescue practitioner would be in charge. That's a, that's not Postbank, right? So, but like I said, the Postbank and, and, and SAPO are mm. tied by an umbilical cord, operationally and otherwise. Mm. What happens in SAPO is a bit, so the key issue is that of, of the major creditors in SAPO was Postbank, it's still Postbank today. They, 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 if it's there in the public, you can go and look at the figures. It, mm. It's a major, major debt. And we had we were saying, what is the best way of treating it? We said in our application to court, when we opposed the provisional liquidation, we said, don't take it to business, don't take it to liquidation. We don't think it, uh, we think that if there's anything that has to be done, it's important that we look at all avenues to save uh, SAPO, because when you mm. save SAPO, or at least when you provide relief to SAPO, you indirectly provide relief to Postbank, you give us a chance. You protect both the balance sheet of, of SAPO and also the balance sheet sure. of Postbank. So did yeah. the minister have any other option at the time, though? I mean, the, it, it looked at one point like the like SAPO, the SA Post Office, was about to be liquidated. So business rescue seemed to be the only option. At the very least, it would buy him some time. You can talk to the best business rescue practitioners. There are many business rescue practitioners in the country, but you can talk to the best. They will tell you, and we just came out of SA, they will tell you that uh, uh, the odds may probably be very, 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 very uh, tilted against that option. The Companies Act provides for a Section 155 option, which we put across. And uh, they were, I mean, we, we were just in diversion views. In a normal situation uh, where the relations are not soured, you can sit around as players, all players in mm. the box, and be able to find rational ways of dealing with this. Unfortunately, at that time, the waters were poisoned. And, and that's exactly what led us to where we are today. Because uh, we we got wind, even from that time, that if this is the situation, it's unlikely that we are going to, in fact, be able to have a harmonious relationship mm. going forward. We got that. So, so, so when the minister says in the response, when the shoulder says in the response, I had already taken a decision to fire them. They're running away. I mean, we get invitations uh, to, to, to an AGM. By the way, there were a number of correspondences from the time that the minister said, I want to act against the board on this contract. All right. And we said, we made representations. We indicated what are the issues relating mm -hmm. to the law and so on and so on. What are the constraints within which we found ourselves? The interim CEO of Postbank at that time had been complaining all throughout about the fact that there's no capacity, there's just no capacity at Postbank, you know. So we had to choose as a board of the flames that were there in the battlefield, which one do we switch off first? Sure. Okay, so you say then that the that, that the relationship became... As a board, you have to look at the sustainability of Postbank was the most paramount thing that we had to deal with. Sure. That was the critical point that we had to deal with in our view. Okay, you say that the, basically the relationship became poisoned. Was it only over the issue yes. of, business, of, of business rescue for the post office, or was it going wrong before then? I I think we could have started on a on a on a on a, on a good note, 
before you took over, the previous minister was aware of these issues. There was continuous engagement in my view. I was not privy about the direct engagement between the previous minister and and uh, and the chairperson. Neither am I privy of the of the direct engagement between the, the, the chairperson of the board on which I was with the minister. All I know is that as a board, we would discuss in advance positions and say, please communicate to the shareholder. There will be correspondences that would know. I don't know at a personal level the kind of discussion that they had. All I know is that at that time, when the, and for me, in the way I'm wired, everything happens within a context. Dialectics teaches you that. It is not sure. possible that things just happen in a vacuum, okay? So, so this happens, all right? And we're still there, hoping that we'll get us all. By the way, the very contract, as I said, is in the court. We've, by now, when the minister asked to fire the board, we had already gone to court to look for for relief. And the matter still go to court where we're asking the courts to review the contract. Okay. So it's not like the, the postbank board has, not, the board has sure. not done anything. At least the current board. That's the point that I'm making. Martin Mahorsi, thank you. A former member of the Postbank Board. All right, well, that's one side of the story. Lots of complexities in that story, as you know. 26 minutes after 8.